From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Welcome once again to Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages from the ministry of Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. On today's broadcast, Dr. Cairns will continue this series of studies in the life and earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of the great 19th century English preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Today's devotional is entitled Absolute Assurance. The text is Hebrews 13 and verse 5. He hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Several times in the scriptures the Lord hath said this. He has often repeated it to make our assurance doubly sure. Let us never harbor a doubt of it. In itself the promise is specially emphatic. In the Greek, it has five negatives, each one definitely shutting out the possibility of the Lord's ever leaving one of his people so that he can justly feel forsaken of his God. This priceless scripture does not promise us exemption from trouble, but it does secure us against desertion. We may be called to traverse strange ways, but we shall always have our Lord's company, assistance, and provision. We need not covet money, for we shall always have our God. And God is better than gold. His favor is better than fortune. We ought surely to be content with such things as we have, for he who has God has more than all the world besides. What can we have beyond the infinite? What more can we desire than almighty goodness? Come, my heart. If God says he will never leave thee nor forsake thee, be thou much in prayer for grace, that thou mayest never leave thy Lord, nor even for a moment forsake his ways.
As we contemplate the beginning of a new year, believers in Jesus Christ look forward to going on with God in their Christian lives. An indispensable part of that is the regular study of the Bible. The psalmist said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. The first psalm reminds us that the blessed man's delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law he meditates day and night. In order to help believers maintain a consistent and organized way of reading the Bible, Let the Bible Speak offers an excellent plan of reading that will allow God's people to read through the entire Scriptures once in two years, as well as the Psalms and the New Testament twice. Included with this reading plan is a list of some of the words found in the authorized version that may be unfamiliar to modern readers. To obtain your copy of a Bible word list and daily reading plan, 
free of charge, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of A Bible Word List, and we'll be happy to provide it. this edition of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns returns to the subject of Christ as the Divine Teacher, taking his text from Matthew chapter 13. It was at this point in his earthly ministry that Jesus departed from direct teaching of the Jews and began to employ parables. He taught great spiritual truths, using situations that the people understood. He took things from the material world to expound spiritual eternal truth. The use of such illustrations shows Christ as the great creator and the purpose of all creation to serve him. In addition, the parables illustrate Christ's sovereignty and salvation. Every time the gospel is preached, there is light for everyone to hear. Because of Adam's sin, we're all born with a depraved nature that makes us deaf to the truth of the gospel. Most of the Jews in Jesus' day did not want a crucified Savior. They wanted a political deliverer. In our day, most people want someone to solve their problems, not save their soul. Now Dr. Cairns continues this message, The Divine Teacher. The blindness of sinners is willful. This people's heart is waxed gross, their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes they have closed lest at any time they should see with their eyes. There is not the slightest semblance of the idea here that here are some people who desperately want to see, but God won't let them. They desperately want to hear, but God won't allow it. They long to be saved, but God won't save them. That's nonsense. When the Bible says, whosoever will, let him come, it means exactly that. Let him come. And when you've come, you'll thank God that he brought you. But what the Lord Jesus is saying is, I'm dealing with a people who want to be blind. I'm dealing with a people who 
want to be deaf to my call. I am dealing with a people who have shut their eyes deliberately so that they will not see and they're dead scared unless they might see. This is a willful blindness. The old notion of poor sinners wanting to be saved and the sovereign God prohibiting them is utter nonsense. The truth is that all men, given their own natural bent, would go all the way to destruction and from the very gates of hell they would still say, we will not have this man. So would you and so would I. But for the rescuing hand of sovereign grace. That's what Christ is saying. This blindness, therefore, is what theologians call penal or judicial. It is the judgment of God. If you want to see an example of this in real life, go back to the book of Exodus and follow carefully what the book of Exodus has to say about Pharaoh. The Lord told Moses, I will harden his heart that he will not let the people go in order that I might bring my judgments against him and against his idols and against his nation. That's one side. That's the truth from God's side. But then you'll read, Pharaoh hardened his own heart. And then we read, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Now, how do you bring those things together? I used to puzzle about that. And then I came to realize, look, I'm born a sinner, totally depraved. <laughs> There's not an ounce of spiritual light or goodness or desire for those things in my entire being by nature. I'm incapable of spiritual good. Totally depraved, totally corrupted. I'm born dead in sin, blind to truth, deaf to the call of God, and with a heart that's set in me to do evil. Now let's level the playing field as it were and start off. There we're in level ground. There's where we are. That's the starting point of truth. Now then, I ask myself, what does God need to do to harden my heart against him? What does he need to inject into my thinking, my heart, my life? My, what change does he need to make in me to harden my heart against him? And I came to realize absolutely none. Absolutely none. We often hear the saying, what do sinners need to do to perish? Nothing. Just do nothing. You continue as you are. 
What does God need to do to make me hardened against him? Nothing. That's the way I am. In other words, the hardening is the judgment of God withdrawing any grace that would change that situation. It is the judgment of God that leaves sinners to their own willful, chosen way. This is a penal, judicial blindness to those who have a stubborn refusal to see and hear. Now, sinners should see and they should understand the light and truth of the Word of God. I again remark in Mark 4.33, they were able to hear it. Do you want to get into a theology lecture this morning? And I'm not going to tread down that path very far at all. But it is fascinating uh, when you study total depravity in systematic theology and total inability just to understand how and where that inability is located. It is natural in one sense. But is it really constitutional? I don't think so. It is natural in that it belongs to man as fallen, but it was no part of the constitution of man to be a sinner. God constituted him absolutely sinless. And the constitution of man, what makes a man a man, has no sin in it. The Lord Jesus was a man. His constitution was human. The parts, if you want it, go to make up a true man. And yet there is no hint of sin. There is no necessity of seeing sin and inability as residing in the created constitution of man. God made man able to hear able to fellowship with him. God made man in his own image so that there would be that point of contact. They were able to hear it, but by their own depraved will, they hear, they don't understand. And then they're left to that. So that the preaching of the gospel itself results in their sinking into even deeper darkness. Look at that parable of the sower we read last week. Remember how the Lord Jesus said, here's a parable, a sower went forth to sow. You've got to see this not in terms of somebody out with a little tiller and then uh, using a machine to spread uh, his uh, seed in neat, neat rows. No, no, the sower went out and he reached down into his bag and he scattered the seed. And some fell here and there and he gives the four types of ground. The wayside, the stony place, the thorny place, and then the good ground. But do you see what the Lord Jesus is saying? There are many wrong ways of hearing the word of God. There are many wrong ways of listening to the gospel. 
And as he looked out in his congregation, the Lord Jesus recognized there is the wayside, there is the stony ground, there is the thorny ground. Look at these people, they are thronging and they appear to be listening, but they have no mind and no heart to hear. And if you want to know that that is an accurate assessment, just follow him away. These people who had heard were content not to understand. For notice they never even came to ask. They weren't interested in light. Some of them were interested in miracles. Some of them were interested in excitement. Some of them were interested in being fed. They had various interests. Some of them, and I think the vast majority, were interested in the possibility of setting up uh, under this man uh, or his leadership, a, a kingdom that would overthrow the hated Romans. They were interested in many things. But they had no interest in what he really had to say. So the preaching of the gospel actually was a savor of death unto death. To me, that is a scary thing. Because what the Lord Jesus saw in Israel 2,000 years ago, I have got to recognize wherever I preach. I preach a sovereign Savior, but I recognize that I'm preaching to sinners who are the authors of their own destruction. And yet they don't want to think they're being destroyed. You look at the normal congregation around Greenville, around America today. Listen to, look at people and they're listening to the preaching even of the pure gospel. I'm not talking about apostate places where Christ is not preached. Look at places like this where Christ is proclaimed. And then stop and think. You've still got these four kinds of people listening. I don't know why you're listening. I don't know what your real interest is, but I fear that there are many who want this or that or the other thing out of the church or out of Christ, but they have little, in most cases, no real heart. what his message is all about. These are parables of the kingdom without getting into the details. The rule of God in the souls of man. The lordship and kingship of Christ in the hearts and lives and service of those who name his name. These are parables, therefore, about Christ's sovereignty and our submission and our service for his glory. And I tell you, few there are who have an interest at heart in such a Savior. Men and women, the seriousness of this comes out in two things. With this, I'll close. First, 
the Lord Jesus says these people who don't want to hear they're going to lose what they have or as Luke says what they seem to have the Jews boasted many privileges they lost them all like many in our churches today they glory in many things that they count more precious than Christ and his gospel. And I tell you today on the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ that whatever you count more precious than Christ, in losing Christ you will lose them as well. And especially will you lose the very preaching of the gospel and the very ability and opportunity to hear that leads me to the second serious implication in the light of all this think of the words of Christ in Luke 8, 18 after the parable of the sower take heed therefore how ye hear take heed therefore how ye hear I'm going to be very simple and very blunt. You're either hearing with the ear, with a hearing that does have no effect whatsoever upon your heart, or you're hearing with the heart and believing with the heart and responding with the heart one or the other take heed how you hear you've been listening to let the bible speak the radio ministry of the free presbyterian church of north america We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpc.org fpcna.org that's www.fpcna.org this is charles kelch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we let the bible speak (music) 